whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is Dr. Lee for America. I'm here today with Master Sergeant, retired, Fernando Jack Donia. And this is going to be an interesting discussion, both from a military perspective about what's going on and his service to our country in the military, and then later as a Defense Department contractor, but also as a citizen activist now trying to help preserve our national sovereignty beginning right here in Arizona, which for the whole 30 years I've lived here has really been ground zero with the border issues and the fact that our border security has never been particularly good in the years I've lived here. But in addition to that, we are now facing the fact that the gates in the border wall have been welded open and at issue is the fact that they are not manned by border patrol and the fact that that is not according to the agreements that were in place about how the new border wall was to be handled, particularly during monsoon season although I really question whether a border wall is sufficient to stop the monsoon flow. But the environmentalists raised a stink about it, and so there were agreements in place. But these wide-open entry points are supposed to be manned by Border Patrol 24-7, and they are not. We have, in Arizona, an open border. And that goes to other concerns that Master Sergeant Donia will be talking about with regard to intergovernmental agreements that have been signed. And essentially the public here in Arizona doesn't know anything about it. And for the most part, these kinds of agreements are in place in other states. And again, it's been kept from the public. Master Sergeant Donia is a first generation Hispanic Latino born in the United States. He is the son of parents who escaped communist Nicaragua. So he has some family history with how the communists treat people. His father is Korean and is a Korean and Vietnam War veteran. And his father served for 22 years in the Air Force and is a Purple Heart, Bronze Star and Air Medal recipient. Master Sergeant Donia is named Fernando after his uncle, PFC Fernando Rivera, who was captured as a POW at the fall of Tejan, Korea in 1950. 
PFC Rivera was executed by the communist forces of the Chinese and North Korean armies, and he is listed on the Tiger list. Master Sergeant Donia served in the U.S. military and honorably retired in 2005 from 23 years service in the U.S. Army. He retired at the rank of Master Sergeant slash First Sergeant, and his final position in the U.S. Army was Staff Sergeant Major for Futures Directorate, FDIC, and that is the U.S. Army Intelligence Center at Fort Huachuca, Arizona. He held the Military Occupational Specialty 33 Romeo. For those in the military, you know what that is. Intelligence Electronic Warfare Aviation Systems Maintainer and a secondary military occupational specialty of 11B combat infantrymen. He successfully held a top secret TSSCI security clearance for four decades, and he holds 43 intelligence and technical certifications and diplomas from civilian colleges, technical schools, and military academies. He was also the chief instructor for the National Cryptologic School Joint Spectrum Spectrum Training Cell at Fort Huachuca under the control of the National Security, Security Agency for five years. He has numerous other military credentials that I won't continue with right now, but will be included in the show notes for you to read his full biography. He has had multiple deployments as a military service member and a DOD contractor to include West Germany, Bahrain, Iraq, Afghanistan, Japan, South Korea, Singapore, and other areas worldwide. Welcome to our whistleblower report today, Master Sergeant Donia, and thank you for your service to our country. And I want to also honor the service of your father and your uncle in all that they did to help prevent the spread of communism in their day. We are facing that assault on our constitutional republic now, and you are one of the people that I've been honored to get to know over the last couple of years during the COVID pandemic with all of your efforts to expose the hidden agenda to take over the U.S. sovereignty and create a totalitarian dictatorship. So welcome to the show today. And I'd like to ask you to tell our listeners what you've been working on in Arizona in particular to expose these, the dangers of these intergovernmental agreements. Well, Dr. Vallette, it's a real honor and a privilege to be on your show. And I know we've been based for the last year and a half, two years or so. And um, your advice and your key input has been uh, truly invaluable. And uh, for the people that you've been able to connect me with has really facilitated a lot of the work that uh, I've been able to do. Uh, you are correct. Uh, the uh, intergovernmental agency agreements is something that uh, the common citizenry uh, does not really understand uh, exactly what they do and what they entail, in particular as they pertain to the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So 
I guess I can start with explaining the, the Cliff Notes version of these IGs are. That sounds really good because I think the IGAs or intergovernmental agreements are like a big black box to most people. They have no idea yes. what's going on between our local city governments, county governments, yes. and the federal government. Well, you're right. And a lot. Well, you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, and, and so these intergovernmental agency agreements, um, counties and states sign them all the time with the federal government. They, they, they're, they're, they're actually quite commonplace. You know, some of them are signed for from Department of Education, some of them Department of en Energy, some of them the Department of Interior. Now, uh, I've, myself and a few other military members, we formed a, a, a think tank of sorts. And we began to look at what was going on in Australia and what was going on in New Zealand. Some of us have been stationed actually in at a place called Alice Springs. And so we were kind of at a loss as to how Australia and New Zealand, both presumably powers, uh, literally became communist overnight, seemingly totalitarian at, at a minimum. Uh, and so we started digging into how they were able to pull this off. Well, the first thing they did, of course, was they disarmed the populace, but that's a whole other different matter. But they began to implement these agreements within the provinces in, in Australia and New Zealand. And what, what they did was they, they signed agreements with the national government and the local officials that basically formed a framework for the county officials to essentially surrender their autonomy in the event of a national emergency, i.e. a pandemic. So we began to see signs of that here with the masking mandates and the vaccine mandates. So we look into some of these, uh, uh, the minutes of our board of supervisors meetings and anybody can, in the state of Arizona, every county has searchable uh, uh, Board of Supervisor minutes. And we began to do using the search of 19 uh, uh, DHS. Uh, there, there are a few uh, key words that we were using uh, uh, to, to try to see uh, if, if any of these agreements were actually being signed here. And sure enough, we found out that uh, Cochise County had begun to get signed into these agreements, which basically, if you read the fine print, actually hands over control of the county to the federal government, Department of Home, uh, um, uh, the, um, excuse me, HHS, Health and Human Services, in the event of a pandemic. So HHS, which basically, you know, would make uh, Javier Becerra the most powerful man in the country. Uh, presumably if Joe Biden signs the, the uh, WHO pandemic treaty. So we began to dig and we, we saw this being replicated in other counties. And we found something very curious was going on. We found that the most draconian of the lock measures were specified for red counties, while the blue counties were signing intergovernmental agency agreements and they were just handing them 
They were just they were just getting the money. Pima was just getting the money. No, no stipulations. Maricopa was just getting the money. I mean, there was just just millions of dollars pouring in. So, you know, this is something that the, the general public really needs to be concerned about. They really need to take a look at. Now, I wrote a series of articles. Um, I, well, I contacted uh, Dr. Nina Isi, who's the editor-in-chief of the Washington Pundit, and presented the information to her. And she said, yeah, go ahead, green light, go. So I got a hold of uh, Colonel Jenkins, Colonel Don Jenkins, who you know, and we began to put together these, these articles. And we had three of them published. I'm currently working on a fourth one uh, because things have gotten even worse. And I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful to be on your show because I'm, I'm trying to alert the public that they need to become involved at the local level. You know, General Flynn always says, local action equals national impact. Well, this right here is something at the local level that everyone should be concerned about. When I began to raise this issue and I became vocal about it uh, across the county, I've, you know, our team has built quite a substantial email list. So we were beginning to reach people, getting moved the needle. Uh, Sheriff Daniels, Mark Daniels of Cochise County actually came to my home with a letter from the county of Brian McIntyre. And that letter actually says, essentially, Yes, we are taking this money from the federal government, but if any unconstitutional practices are attempted by the federal government, well, we'll just give the money back. Now, Doc, you and I both know, you know, in the event that's of, a little uh, late. Yeah. So yeah, that you know, that's that's not going to hold any water. You you know, when the feds come in, that. <laughs> that well, not, not only that, the obvious, <laughs> the obvious answer to that is obviously they will have already spent the money and they won't be able to give it back. And many of the plans underway are clearly already unconstitutional as you and I know too well. Absolutely correct. I mean, you know, they and, and my, my, my concern, and I have voiced this at the, the Board of Supervisors meetings and I've voiced this to, you know, county officials and it's common sense. You cannot grow your infrastructure faster than the tax base of your county. Because what happens is it's like giving a mouse a cookie. They're going to want a glass of milk with it. So you've, you've got all this rivers of money flowing into the county now, and they're growing infrastructure. Oh, they're going to have a new prison. They're going to have this. They're going to have that, you know, a new fleet of cars and, you know, new buildings, you know, new life, all of these things they want to do with all of the money that, that they're getting. But, the tax base isn't there to support all of that. So, you, you know, they're going to hire it. And it's really, it, you know, it's, it's really a, a government on steroids. And basically, you know, you know, it's the old saying, you know, if you take the king's coin, you are the king's man. And these, these intergovernmental agency agreements are written as open-ended, open-ended contracts. Final I'll note on this. This, this is this is very important. I had my attorney look at the these IGAs, and he was stunned. He he said this is this is unbelievable. No sane person or lawyer or, or or would would recommend their client sign a document that binds them to stipulations yet to stipulated in the future. The IGAs actually say that they say COVID nineteen pandemic and or future uh, 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 events. 
events or, or future activities deemed by HHS. So well, that leaves the door wide open for them to declare anything they want to declare and dictate the terms for the county to comply. That is correct. That's that's absolutely correct. You know, and and here's the scenario that that would that would take place. Uh, the like like you said, come in. County would say, nope, sorry, we're not gonna we're not gonna comply with that. And and then the Fed say, well, this is a national emergency. There's a there's a, a president signed a declaration that there's a national emergency. So if you won't comply. And, and there's no place, there's no, there's no court to appeal to because if the president, you know, goes the yards and suspends habeas corpus, that's it. it, it it's game over. You well, know? you know, we already have seen that in the COVID pandemic. Oh, absolutely. A a absolutely, yeah. And, I, and there are indications that, uh, you know, they're going to try it again. Uh, well, the, the, the rhetoric is already escalating dramatically. They're already talking about new masks. And in fact, some colleges and a number of businesses, particularly in blue states, have already um, ordered mask mandates again. The TSA has announced they plan to require it at airports and the next step is on planes and then lockdowns, forced vaccination. It's already been announced that they are moving towards that direction as fast as they can. You know, you're absolutely correct. And, and so, you know, the members of our team and, you know, we're, we're, we're working with, with others is we're trying to get the word out to everyone is, is this, and it, and this is, this is not my message. This message was first uh, uh, capitalized by Rand Paul. He did a video and, in the summer of 2021, where he basically said, resist, resist them all, resist all of these measures. They cannot arrest all of us. But if people continue to comply, if people continue to over, if people do not stand up and start being Americans, we are going to, we, to, we stand to become Australia or New Zealand. I mean, it is, it is that serious. The, the hour is that late and people have, have got to realize that the only way this will end is if we all stand shoulder to shoulder peacefully as Americans and say, put our foots down, no, we are not going to comply. Elected representatives, you are supposed to be defending us against this type of tyranny from the administrative state and it needs to end and it needs to stop now. You're exactly right. And our colleagues from the UK and Europe are saying the same thing. Our colleagues and people I'm in contact with in Canada and Australia and many other countries are looking to Americans for leadership to peacefully resist these illegal orders, these unlawful lockdowns, mandates, everything. There is not a single mask product on the market that has been licensed and approved by the FDA to prevent any disease, period. 
I have a whole military team that just was analyzing that and discussing it tonight at an earlier meeting. Yeah, and that's... some of them, in fact, one of the army colonels that on our a military advisory council is preparing a program on just that point. And the airline captain on our team made the point that when people sign that, that agreement, when they purchase a ticket that they understand they may have to wear a mask, the FAA does not regulate masking. And so they are waiving their rights and no one's telling airline passengers, for example, that wearing a mask on a plane, if there is a decompression emergency, then they have even less useful consciousness time to respond to the emergency and take off the cloth mask and put on an oxygen mask. No one's even talking about that. Well, you're absolutely right. And, you know, again, it, 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 it's, it speaks to... It speaks to the conditioning of the of the American people. You know, if you want to talk about like uh, the the draconian rules and at the airports and via the airlines, this all started after 2000, 2001, You know, with the with the implementation of the of the TSA rules and you know how basically you're you, you know you're 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 being treated like a criminal going through going through security and all of this all of this. Unless you're here illegally, and then they get a welcome mat rolled out. Oh, oh, that is that is true too. But hey, listen, I wanted to tell you something. So now I know how come I'm getting all those emails from Australia and New Zealand. Why they, that's you? Because they, they keep they keep asking about about you know, hey, when are you Yanks gonna come over here and help us? We gotta fix our problems. <laughs> we gotta fix our problems first, and then once we get our problems fixed, we'll probably have to come help you guys. <laughs> well, actually, that email group that we are both in—that Todd Callender um, was also encouraging all of us to push out your messages, which, which we were doing, but we wanted to do more. There are a lot of Aussies in that group whether you realized it or not. So they see your name and they see what you're posting about what you're trying to spearhead here in Arizona. And it gives them encouragement, actually. Yeah, I know. And, and I and I and I answer them. I, I do answer all of those all of those messages from 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 Canada, New Zealand, Australia, from from Britain too. And when I and I I I tell them that, you know, we are dealing with an issue with the majority of the masses comfortable you know they the, the the masses have yet to experience what the Australians and the New Zealanders and the and the, and the British experienced um but I believe that is that is coming I believe it is coming and you know, uh, our message needs to be to the general general population that you need to wake up and believe what you are seeing, you know, analogy of, of, of Pompeii, uh, you know, the, 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 the city that, you know, the volcano blew up, you know, yes. there's the people there, they were, they found, they found their, their bodies were turned to stone and they were at the dinner table or they were sleeping because they didn't believe that complete and utter destruction was about upon them. They could well, see we it. And we saw that in Maui 
with the yep. videos of the people that stayed in their cars believing the policemen who were telling them to stay in the danger zone and blocking the exits. The people that acted on their own initiative and their own intuition and their own gut instincts got out of their car or some who I've seen videos where they drove across sidewalks and yards to get out of the, the blocked traffic are the ones that survived. Yep. Yep. Because they didn't comply. There's the key. They didn't comply. They, they, they said to themselves, no, I am a red blooded American. We, we, we built this country on the pioneer spirit and I can think for myself. I have critical thinking and you know, people have been so conditioned to just obey the government. And in the case of Maui, the, the, you know, Lahaina, uh, I'm, I was actually born and raised in Hawaii. Um, you know, that was that was a beautiful, beautiful city. It was very old. It was very, very historic. And it was owned predominantly by the locals, the Hawaiian people. Um, I, ha I just recently was provided a development about that. I don't know. Did you know about the governor's directive that he signed last month? Yes, and the fact that there was high, there were high-rise buildings planned a year ago that violated the zoning, the historic zoning, and so now there's no historic zoning. We spent a lot of time there scuba diving, and Lahaina Divers was one of our main um, resources, and a lot of time there. I, I know it well. It was just heartbreaking and devastating to see what unfolded there and to see what the local police and the other terrible situation is that the local police chief who happened, how, what, what are the odds of this, was the lead law enforcement at the Las Vegas shooting. And now he's in Maui and he is also the coroner. So talk about lack of transparency and conflict of interest. This is just very chilling what's going on there. And, and I'm so distant from it now. It's difficult to, to know timely updates, but it's very chilling. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, what, what was done, I mean, you know, I don't believe it was a coincidence. I mean, every single safeguard was was not was not put in place. You know, here's here's something that that you know I I brought up. Where was the coast guard? Where the where were the coast coast guard has water cannons? They could have come in there immediately. They they you know why wasn't Kuhuku, which is you know just north of Lahaina, why wasn't why wasn't the fire services from Kuhuku immediately sent there? I mean, it just. Well, there were you know, so many things, and you know you're exactly right, but the Coast Guard could have been called in, and the U.S. Navy has their base at Pearl Harbor, just a, a short flight away. It, it's, it's really all the way around. It is very, very alarming, and it just goes to show everyone listening, please pay attention to what we're saying. We are no longer able to trust the truth coming from our government agencies that have been weaponized against us. 
you are going to have to think for yourself. You're going to have to listen to your own survival instincts and find the voices of truth that you trust, such as what Master Sergeant Donia is trying to bring to our attention. And we're going to talk more in the second half about what he is and others are working on with regard to the election um, irregularities in Arizona that are massive and what his efforts have been with U.S. Congressman Juan Siscomani and why are we seeing weapons deployed to Ukraine by the U.S. government washing up on the U.S. southern border? Stay tuned for more on the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America. We'll be right back after the break. Check out our website, truthforhealth.org. If you've gotten the COVID shot and had an injury, download our vaccine injury treatment guide and go to vaxdamage.org and report your vaccine injury. Download our medical and legal fact sheets and resources and sign up for our email alerts. Be part of the solution, not the problem. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with my guest, U.S. Army retired Master Sergeant Jack Donia here in Arizona, trying to do his part, continuing to serve this country, now out of uniform, but working to serve as a citizen activist to help Arizonans and people in other states know what's coming with these intergovernment agency agreements and the irregularities that occurred in Arizona leading to a stolen election. Those are my words, not his, but it's very clear in my analysis of the data on the 2022 election in Arizona that this was a stolen election. And I'm convinced that 2020 was as well. So there are many citizens working very hard to expose this and to overturn the stolen election. And then we have the whole issue of what's coming across our southern border with regard to weapons that were deployed or that were were sent to Ukraine. So please bring us up to speed on these critical topics as well. So I just wanted to close out the, the you know the, the discussion we were having about Lahaina. The, the lesson learned there is, and 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 I want to stress this to to people. You know, 
we are American citizens. We are not employees of the federal government. The federal government works for us. And, and this is a concept, a civics concept, that American citizens seem to be struggling with today. It is not only your right, but it is absolute duty to question government at all levels. Now, if you're sitting at home listening to this audio and saying, well, I don't want to do that because I'm afraid. Well, think about that. Just really think about that. Now, some of the people on Lahaina, they thought about it. They used critical thinking. And he says, no, I'm not going to listen to that cop. You know, I'm going to go around him or I'm going to do whatever I need to survive. And so in all facets of what's going on in the United States, people need to start using critical thinking and realize that we are not vassals of the federal government. It's the other way around. So, in that is very to well said, and thank you. And the bother bottom line from watching people die trapped in their cars with the policemen blocking exits is think for yourself and don't comply with orders that threaten your life. Absolutely. And again, it is it is not only your your right, but it is your duty as a citizen of the United States to question your government at all levels. It is your right and your duty. So uh, talking about the border and our, our team began to see, you know, reports and videos online of uh, weapons that are being used in the Ukraine war, uh, most, most notably um, the, and the AT-4, which is a shoulder fired uh, missile uh, it's uh, predominantly used by NATO. It's manufactured by American companies and also some European companies. Uh, and all seen RPG-7s, which is a, you know, Soviet bloc, Soviet era type uh, missile, presumably now built in some of the Soviet bloc countries. But we began to see these things washing up on the, uh, on the, on the U.S. southern border. So... I broached the subject with um, Mark Daniels, and uh, he said, hey, why don't you just call Juan Cisco Money and talk to him about it? And he gave me Juan Cisco Money. I said, yeah, sure, okay. So I called up, uh, and I first got um, Mr. Cisco Money's uh, chief of staff, Carmagian, I believe that's his name. And uh, so we spoke on the phone for a while, and he was totally unaware of the fact that these weapons, uh, these, these heavy grade military weapons are showing up on the border. So uh, he scheduled a call with Siskamani and Siskamani gave me a call. And so we talked about, you know, you know, I explained to him what was being uh, depicted online and that, you know, these really appear to be cartel members and that you know the, sh the sheriff also confirmed yeah they've got very heavy weaponry down south of the border now and and let me be clear okay uh and, and to his you know not trying to give him an alibi but he's he was a he was a fresh brand new man, but he didn't even have a military advisor on his staff he didn't know what i was talking about and he actually said, well, hey, maybe 
you, you sound like you got a really great team. Maybe you guys could team up with 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 my guys and and you know and I I was just stunned by that because yes, he's a freshman congressman and he sits on the elections you know uh, uh, committee, which is unheard of for a freshman to to be to land such a seat like that. But he had no idea, has no military advisor on his staff. I, I don't know That's if he does. That's shocking. Now. Tell yeah. me, uh, you broke up a bit. What was the committee that he's on as a freshman? He is on the uh, House Appropriations Committee. So, but oh and, my and that's heavens! A, yeah, it's a powerful committee. I'm, I'm, I was stunned that he that he landed that I mean, as a. So, but um, yes, those weapons are do appear to be showing up on the southern border, and um, you know, and I've had this discussion with you know with the sheriff and and others. Uh, some border patrol agents. My my wife has a uh, a nephew who's uh, assigned town this area. I won't say what area he is, but he's a border patrol captain. And uh, it's getting bad. It, it's getting bad. They they are they're they are beginning to uh, up their violence level now. And you know it, it's it's not anymore just running away. Uh, like for example, I will speak sheriff. Um, you know, last week when he came by my home and he said that uh, one of the tactics that they use now and the cartels are directing this is they tell the the uh, the traffickers to ram the sheriff's car, disable it. Well, the sheriff, only has so, the sheriff only has so many vehicles in his fleet. OK, if they disable enough of those vehicles, you know, the, you know, the sheriff right now is the last line of defense in our county. Your coach, he's like an an island, uh, uh, you know, you know, I could go in about Santa Cruz County and the, the sheriff there, Sheriff Hathaway, basically it is unsafe. Uh, you know, according to a lot of the reports that I'm getting from people that live there and also from, I heard this from Sheriff Daniels, uh, that county's not safe at night anymore. You know, you, you, you know, if you live in the, the rural areas out in the, out in the areas, it's 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 not safe you know the you know the situation with the the rancher that um you know shot the uh allegedly shot the illegal alien Did, do you know the story behind that or yes i but tell our listeners well allegedly this in santa cruz county which is the county right next to cochise uh shot and killed an, an illegal and the sheriff there sheriff hathaway uh, you know, arrested him, put him in jail. The prosecutor's going after him. Well, and I heard this right from Sheriff Daniels. Okay. Sheriff Hathaway into Nogales spent the whole day over there trying to find the two witnesses. Okay. Found them, alleged, brought these two legal aliens back over across the line. Okay. To be witnesses against this, this rancher. Okay. Well, now they can't find one of the witnesses, okay? And the other witness has changed the story. And here's the, here's the big one. They can't match the ballistics, but yet this guy is still sitting in jail. I mean, can, can you believe that? <laughs> I couldn't believe now when I heard is, that. Again, it, it is upside down violating every rule of law that we have had in this country. Well, the J six prisoners are still in jail. Yes, that's and right. Those who orchestrated that whole disaster 
are going free. Yeah, and, and basically what, what's what's going on is, you know, a lot of these Soros prosecutors and Soros-funded elected officials, what they're doing is they're sending a message to the American people. Don't fight back. Yes. If you fight back, if you fight back, this is this is what will happen to you. And that and yes. that's that is exactly the tactics of every totalitarian dictatorship that has ever existed. Mm-hmm. We saw it when we were in the Soviet Union in the 70s, and it was it was exactly the same kind of intimidation and creating terror in the population. Now, we were there on a State Department approved educational mission. But I tell you, I experienced that intimidation and suppression. It, and boy, to live there all the time with that. And that's exactly what they're doing now. It's the same playbook. Absolutely right. I mean, you know, they, they, are, um, they are definitely trying to chill the fighting spirit of the American, uh, American citizen. You know, they're bas- basically the, the government basically has weaponized against the American citizen. I am, you know, and and it's and it's not just at the federal government. It's at it's at all levels. I mean, you know, we can we could go we can dovetail this in with uh, with the election system. You know, uh, the thing. Well, let's the talk about that, that because you've done a lot of work on that front here in Arizona as well. And I'd like our listeners to understand what you're doing there. Well, um, right now, what we're working on is we're, we're working on trying to get the uh, various counties to do a hand count, uh, not just a not, not just a hand count, a hand count along with a signature verification. Because you could do a hand count, but you've also got to make sure that the signature actually matches up to a real person, you know, to the vote, you know, to the voter rolls. So. Uh, recently, uh, and I won't say say the person's name, but a a uh, a sitting senator in the uh, in the house forwarded me a uh, legal letter, and I think you probably saw that letter, uh, which detailed uh, of the, the fifteen the voter rolls have not been cleaned up, and like in some cases, uh, it showed ninety nine percent. Uh, 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 voting in the county against the voter rolls, and the, and where, where the national average is, I believe seventy one or seventy two percent. So uh, we sent out that missive to all fifteen of the counties. It went to all of the board of supervisors, and um, I was contacted by the Yabapai County Recorder. Michelle Burchill, and she provided me a detailed packet showing where, in fact, yes, those numbers would have been correct uh, for 2020. Now, she just took over uh, roughly a year ago, and she she implemented a, a vast rehaul of the entire uh, election system there in Yavapai County. So... I guess for your broadcast, I, I have some good news. Uh, Yavapai, Yavapai County cleaned, cleaned up their mess. They really did. And so 
currently we're coordinating um, a meeting on Thursday with Captain Seth Keschel, myself, and the county recorder. And we're going to go through you know, in detail, line by line, what she actually did and how they actually cleaned everything up. So that we can send that out to the other counties and say, hey, here's the standard. Time to get busy. You know, one county did it. So uh, for, for intents and purposes, that, that legal letter, that legal demand letter that was sent by that law firm uh, has been answered by, by at least one county. Uh, hat tip to uh, Brigadier General uh, Oberg, the uh, vice chair for the Yabafai uh, Board of Supervisors. Apparently, he's been, uh, he's been up there cracking the whip. He's been, he's been getting everybody dressed right for what we need. <laughs> well, that that is very encouraging, at least one county. Now, do you anticipate any others stepping up to do the right thing on that front? Or are we facing continued resistance to looking at the obvious that there are many illegals voting, there are many dead people voting, and there are serious irregularities in the election results throughout Arizona. Well, um, Dave Stevens, who is the recorder for Cochise County, he is currently in the, uh, in the process of implementing those measures and cleaning up the voter rolls in, you know, in anticipa anticipation for you know, the upcoming elections in you know, 2024. Uh, I have not heard anything back from the from any of the other counties. However, um, the package we're going to put together, uh, you know, using Yavapai as the model, we are we are going to uh, blast that across the state and demand that the uh, the boards of supervisors of, of the various counties uh, to clean up these voter rolls. Uh, there is one there is one thing I would say. Uh, again, I'm I'm I don't hold any you know, tangible position of power other than the fact that I'm a, a, a citizen activist. But uh, I, this this matter may hit uh, litigation. So I because of that demand letter. So I think some counties are playing their their cards close to their chest. They got caught. I mean, if you read that letter, they, they got caught red handed. So uh, if they don't clean up the rules, it's 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 going to end up in in the courts. Well, send me a copy of the demand letter again and let me post it with this radio show. Absolutely. As soon as we get off, I'll be sure and forward that to you. I, I may, you know, there. sometimes I feel like I'm buried under emails. So I don't want to lose it. And I want to be sure that, that we make that available, not only to people in Arizona, but as an example for people in other states who are trying to defend the integrity of, of their election results as well. Absolutely. I'll send, you the, I'll send you the letter and I'll send you also the reply that I received from the recorder because that came to me. So as far as I'm concerned, that's, that's, that's in the interest of the public. Well, that would be really helpful. We will put that with the material where people can read about all of this on our website and on Substack and our other channels. Now, back to... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the other, the other project we're working on, right, it's, uh, it's kind of a close hold thing. We're working on uh, 
on a, a deep analysis of the um, 2022 uh, election for Pinal County. I don't know if you recall the primary absolutely <laughs> oh, blew up. Oh, yes, yes. And, and, yeah, so so that that's give you a just give you a quick uh, 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 hint that that that's gonna be a that's gonna be another mess when that when that hits. Well, and we'll certainly follow up with you. Keep us posted on your progress on all these fronts, and and let's let's get this information more broadly disseminated. I mean, you can email anytime and let me know that you'd like to bring an update to all of our listeners. Because listeners here and around the world are, we, we are broadcasting these on Truth Hub that Todd Callender and his team launched, and that has simultaneous translation in other languages. So it gives us a chance to reach a lot of people with encouragement, and they can listen to this discussion in their own language. Absolutely, I will most certainly uh, uh, keep keep you up to date, Doc. Uh, I think I think you're I think you're really really going to get blown away by the Pinal County thing. You know, I'll I'll, I'll just say this: uh, there is a concerted effort uh, by the attorneys at various levels, both in the private sector private big law firms, and also uh, in the, at the counties that are working diligently to ensure and protect these machines and what they are doing. And not only that, the process of, of election night. I mean, it, it's, it's some, of the, some of the irregularities, like I'll just say this, some of the irregularities we saw in Pinal County, it, it, it's... And 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 seemingly at, at every time when a board of supervisor is is beginning to ask the right questions, the county attorney in and steers it away and 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 directs it away, and so it, it's. I think you're going to be quite surprised and and shocked when when this one comes out. <laughs> well, I'm I suspect you're absolutely right. So you're saying that the attorneys both private and public are actually protecting the fraud bottom line. That is my opinion. Yes. Based upon what, what I see. Absolutely. You know, and I'm, I'm basing this on actual transcripts that I'm, that I'm reading, you know, it's like at every moment when someone is about to get to a key point and ask a question, there is an interruption. There's a, you know, uh, uh, oh, we need to take this offline. Uh, we need to take. Uh, we need to take. The and and they go into private session. You know, it's 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 quite suspicious. Well, it is, and it fits with what we've been seeing with attorneys for hospitals covering up the denial of patient rights in hospital patients that we were trying to rescue who were trapped, being denied proper treatment during COVID. It's, it's what we're seeing with military JAG attorneys in many of our service members who are legal defense grant recipients from the foundation. And they are, they are running into JAG attorneys who are pushing 
the political narrative, ignoring UCMJ regulations and congressional federal statutes on the books. It is shocking. The courts are many, many cases are getting dismissed without being ruled on on the point of law. We, I've just done radio shows with attorneys on this various this this very point in various cases. So I'm not surprised courts and attorneys have been corrupted as well and weaponized against us. You know, you're absolutely correct. Uh, and it's almost it's almost like they all got the memo at the same time. They did. Protect the, protect the machines, protect the hospital procedures at all costs, protect the vaccine at all. It's like they, they, like they all got the memo. You know, I would say that, you know, the American citizen is stronger and smarter than these Marxists uh, think we are. You know, we, we are we are stronger. We're more resilient than they think we are. Perfect case uh, uh, example is uh, Dr. Sam Sigaloff, a good friend. He was my doctor, Wachuka, you know, uh, they put him through hell. But you know what? He persisted and he fought. And I was right there in the trenches with him. I wrote staff and, you know, and and he fought and he won. So you can be a David and take on Goliath and you can win, you know, it's it's like it's like um, a perfect example is uh, what POTUS forty five is going through right now. Donald Trump never give yes. up. Never. No, you're exactly right. And uh, Dr. Sigalov has been on our military advisory council when he was still in the military, and he was a legal defense grant recipient from Truth for Health Foundation to assist with his legal battles. And he absolutely has been a warrior on the medical freedom front. So yep. glad, glad to know that he won. I had not heard the outcome of his case. Well, essentially they threw threat after threat after him. They threw him in a basement of the hospital. Then they kicked him out of the hospital. But, you know, eventually they finally like, oh, well, could you just kind of just, um, drop everything, drop your cases, and we'll just let you leave the service. And apparently he told him, go pound sand. My case is going to go continue to go. I'm not dropping anything. And uh, so he's separating from the service. I mean, they went after his license and everything, but he 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 fought that and he won that one also. So, you know, you, you can you can fight, you know, you know, the, you know, you just you just got to be persistent. You got to just, you know. You just got to stay, stay strong, stay tough, you know, got to John and, Wayne it. That's right. And as you said at the beginning, don't comply with unlawful orders and illegal mandates and infringements on your freedom. Closing words for our listeners, Master Sergeant, and then we'll wrap up tonight and you have an invitation to come back anytime and bring us updates. I'd just like to tell your listening audience that my family escaped communism, you know, and it, it's a terrible thing, you know, uh, to find yourself, you know, I heard, heard the stories from my, from my parents, you know, to find yourself, you know, uh, uh, on the run, fleeing country to country. And, you know, uh, this, this great country 
gave me so much, gave my parents so much. And, you know, my uncle who, who, who sacrificed his life, you know, my dad, my brother also served. He's a retired Lieutenant Colonel. Um, you know, we all have to keep one thing in mind. There are those that gave the ultimate sacrifice. And to all you veterans out there, I'm, I'm speaking to all of you. You know, I know that some of this disheartened, you feel demoralized. Don't get mad, get angry, get righteous angry. Remember, your remember it is your responsibility, it is your right, it is your duty to question government. And I could not say it better. Thank you, Master Sergeant Donia, for your service in the military, your service in serving the country after that as a Department of Defense contractor. And thank you as a citizen activist now standing up for the rule of law and our constitutional republic and our rights under the Constitution. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report. We'll be back again. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and other days with breaking news at www.whistleblowerreports.org and on Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, Gab, CloudHub, Twitter, Spotify, Pandora, and more. We are your voice of truth against the lies and deception, and we stand for God's gift of life and freedom. Sign up for our email alerts and join our crusade. You cannot be silent any longer in the face of evil. God bless you, and thank you again, Master Sergeant Donia. Thank you.